matters from man's institutions to God's instructions. We're entering into some really exciting times for believers in Elohim, the Mighty One of Israel. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And Dad, you are so right. This is an exciting time. Mm-hmm. At the time of this podcast, we are less than 10 days away from Yom Teruah 2019. This will be our fifth time celebrating, and each year we learn more and do more to celebrate it. I hope you'll join us on the journey. Email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. In our last podcast, we talked a bit about God's calendar. We gave a brief summary of the spring holy days as well as Shavuot. Today's podcast will be about Yom Teruah. Before we get into Yom Teruah, let me share one quick note. We live in the United States of America, and at the time of this recording, U.S. law permits time off from work for religious observances. Quoting from the federal government's EEOC website, a religious practice may be sincerely held by an individual even if newly adopted, not consistently observed, or different from the commonly followed tenets of the, origi- of the individual's religion. So if you work in the U.S. and you want more information on your right to observe these holy days as an employee, look up EEOC Workplace Religious Accommodation in your internet search engine of choice. Talk to your manager or human resources. Please, Investigate your rights if you live in another country. And one more note. As mentioned in our previous podcast, since you are grafted into the family of God, these feasts are for you too. Amen. So if you haven't been celebrating them, get excited. Now that you know you should, let's learn about it together. And let's start with Yom Teruah. Dad, what is Yom Teruah? Well, Bama, some people know it as Rosh Hashanah which means the head of the year. If you heard our last podcast titled God's Calendar, then you know when the year begins according to God's word. Calling this holy day by the name Rosh Hashanah was a tradition that Jews adopted while they were exiled to Babylon. But for our purposes, we'll stick with the pre-Babylonian name of Yom Teruah. Yom means day in Hebrew. Teruah means a shout or a loud blast or a sound, like from a trumpet or a ram's horn called a shofar in, in the Bible oft times. In Leviticus 23:24, God says to Moshe, or Moses, tell the children of Israel that in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, they will have a Sabbath, a memorial with blowing of shofars, a holy gathering. You will do no work that day, but you will offer an offering made by fire to the Lord God. Yom Teruah is the first of God's fall holy days. We'll talk more about the next two in the upcoming podcast. Mm -hmm. As Tim read, Yom Teruah is held on the first day of the seventh month. Now, God's seventh month of the year is not July. It actually falls around late September or early October. And we'll talk more about that in another podcast. Mm -hmm. The other interesting thing about this holy day is that it's the only one that falls on the first day of the month. Moreover, shofars are blown in accordance with scripture to announce the new month. Hmm. So 
There's something different about the way God determines a month then? Exactly. The months we use today are based on a Gregorian calendar, which follow a solar cycle. Our God's months are based on a lunar cycle, or the moon. A new month begins with a new or renewed moon. Day one uh, moon looks like a darkened moon with just a sliver of light showing on the right side. Mm -hmm. Day eight looks like a half moon with light just on the right side. Day 15 looks like a full moon. Day 23 looks like a half moon with the light just on the left side. And day 29 or 30 looks like a fully darkened moon. And because each new month was dependent upon the sighting of the new moon in Jerusalem, no one knew the exact day or hour when a new month would start. Hopefully the new moon wasn't due on a, a cloudy night, because if it wasn't seen by at least two witnesses and confirmed by priests, the start of the month could be delayed by a day. This reminds me of the scripture in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, that says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Jesus in this verse is referring to the fulfillment of all the things he was sharing with his disciples about the sign of his coming and the end of the world. Many experts on Bible prophecy connect this scripture to Yom Teruah. So to recap the instructions for Yom Teruah, there must be a Sabbath, resting, a memorial day with blowing of shofars, a holy gathering, and an offering. Leviticus 23 doesn't expressly say what we're rehearsing or memorializing. But there are many important events in Israel's history that involve a ram's horn, or a shofar, or a teruah, a loud shout or noise. One of the first important events happened in Exodus chapter 19. The nation of Israel was gathered at the foot of Mount Sinai, all cleaned up and ready, or so they thought, ready for a meeting with the Creator. The Bible records that there was a sound of a shofar that was so loud everyone trembled. Mm -hmm. The sound of the shofar grew louder and louder. Moses and God spoke, and there was smoke, fire, lightning, and thunder at the top of the mountain. No wonder the people who were ultimately driven out of the promised land expressed fear about their impending confrontation with Israel. We can only wonder how far the sound and the visuals traveled, and what passers-by may have heard and seen before they told the people in their homeland uh, what, what they experienced. It was so overwhelming that the people of Israel asked Moses to tell them what God said instead of God speaking directly to them. They actually thought they might die. Wow. I mean, prior to this moment, no group of people in the history of mankind had ever heard the voice of God. Mm -hmm. Now all of Israel heard his voice, his actual voice. Wow. He, was claim, he was claiming them as his people and giving them his instructions, his Torah. That is definitely something worth remembering and making sure all of our generations know about it. Mm -hmm. Another example of a great Teruah to remember can be found in the book of Joshua. In the sixth chapter of Joshua, you can read of how God gave Israel victory over the city of Jericho. He instructed Joshua to have Israel 
and the priest carrying the ark to march silently around Jericho one time for six days while blowing the shofarot. That's plural for a shofar. On the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times while the priest blew their shofarot. After the seventh time around, they sounded the long blast of the shofar, and all the people shouted a great shout, a teruah, and the walls fell down flat. That was a great victory. The book of Judges tells us about Gideon and another amazing victory God gave Israel, this time over the Midianites. Gideon took 300 men with shofarot, empty jars, and torches. That's not a lot of men. Not a lot, but they surrounded their enemy. They blew the shofarot, they sounded their battle cry, and they broke the empty jars. The sound they made was like uh, a great teruah. Their enemies were so confused and afraid that many of them fought and killed each other. Wow. Others ran for their lives. Their plans for conquest were spoiled by the mighty one of Israel. That's right. And these are just a few instances that are worth remembering. There's also a prophetic significance to this holy day mm-hmm. that's based on scripture that's still to come. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 51 and 52, the scripture reads, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Here, the trumpet sounding refers to the second coming of Messiah Jesus. Amen. In fact, many scholars believe that Yom Teruah is about his second coming. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18, gives us a similar reference. It says, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a teruah, with the voice of the archangel, and with the shofar of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Mm -hmm. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So comfort each other with these words. Many believers are well acquainted with these words and other scriptures that describe the return of the Messiah. Miss, earlier you mentioned Matthew 24, 36, mm-hmm. and said that not knowing the day or hour when the Lord will appear reminds you of Yom Teruah. I couldn't agree more. Since we don't know exactly when he'll return, shouldn't we just stay ready? Yes, and amen. We should stay ready. We should be watching for his return. Every day we should be purposefully living a life that is pleasing to the Father because we love him, even though sometimes we fall short. Scripture does not expressly say what we are memorializing during Yom Teruah, but we do know for sure that Yom Teruah is a wake-up call Mm -hmm. meant to get everyone's attention. It is a call to action. The 10 days between Yom Teruah and the next holy time are traditionally called the Days of Awe. During these days, religious Jews focus on introspection and self-examination. Many seek to reconcile with people who they may have wronged over the previous year. Although they may not take their cues from the New Testament, Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24 have a similar theme. In this scripture, Jesus says, If you bring your gift to the altar... And then remember your, that your brother has an issue with you. Leave your gift before the altar. Go reconcile with your brother 
and then come and offer your gift. This scripture is a powerful reminder for all believers. We must keep our lamps trimmed and burning, as the song says. The days of awe are to reconcile with other people. The next holy day is for you to do business with God directly. This is a good time to ask the questions. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs are not in line with God's instructions? Say you have people who who've done you wrong, or maybe you wronged them. What should you do about it, especially at this time of year? Should you take the blue pill and just let it ride, or take the red pill and follow God's instructions? Only you can answer that question. Also remember that only you are responsible for what you do. If the other person or persons involved don't want to reconcile, You obey God anyway. Go to them and try. And be open to hearing what they may have to say. Don't carry the offense in your heart. Be ready to meet with God and expect Him to accept your offering. So let's recap. What do we do to celebrate Yom Teruah? First, find out when Yom Teruah is being celebrated on the calendar. Remember, some people call it Rosh Hashanah, so look for it under that name as well. If you can, Take the day off from work. Find a place to gather with other believers who are commemorating Yom Teruah. At the service, they will be blowing the shofar. If you like, you can blow a trumpet or a shofar or give a shout to the Lord as well. By the way, if you don't have an assembly to meet with, do it yourself or with your family. What's most important is to try to do what you can do. And lastly, there is no feast associated with this day. But if you plan to eat with family or friends, feel free to talk about the meaning of the day with them, our soon coming King and Savior, and the need for us to be ready for His return. Well, we have more to share, but that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and read over the scriptures we shared. If you have any questions, comments, or encouragement, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. In our next podcast, we'll talk about our upcoming appointment with our Creator called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.